I wish half of me was invisible right now. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Greatest diet plan ever. You'd eat whatever you wanted and just only see half of you. That'd be awesome. So anyway, well, my name is Brad. Um, if, you th- if you're expecting Jeff, um, I'm not Jeff. It's the hair probably that threw that off, right? Showed you that I'm not him. So I'm one of the pastors here. I've been here for, um, for quite a few years now. I'm excited about just the opportunity to be with you this morning. I normally um, get to speak with our high school students on Wednesdays and do a bunch of other stuff. But my title is Family Ministry. So we're looking at how we can continue to help families disciple their young people, whether it be children or up to youth. So I'm excited about that. But I'm excited about being here. We, um, we're finishing up a series today about um, Half of Me is Invisible. Where we talk a lot about how so much of our life that goes on involves things that we cannot see. And we talked about, you know, how in finding God's word, how that's true. Then we saw, talked about angels and, and their role in our lives, demons. We talked about heaven. We talked about hell. And today we get to talk about the Holy Spirit. So I'm excited about that. I believe, I believe very much in the Holy Spirit. I'm excited about his role that he's playing in our lives, the role he plays here in our church. Um, you know, but today we just spend a little bit of time talking about him. Today, hopefully, will be a time, you're probably not gonna, all, we're not gonna get all your questions answered. The Holy Spirit's a vast subject, right? So you can study a lot about him. I'm just gonna take you a little, brief little survey of some things that I think really are most, most important and hopefully give you a landing, um, landing point in your life where you can say, that's something I can hold on to and something will challenge me in my walk with Jesus. Everything we wanna do is gonna point back to Jesus and about who he is. We believe that we are created for Jesus and that's why we're here on this earth. We wanna live for him. And I really believe that the only way I can find fulfillment in my life is through Jesus. You can try everything else, but it's only Jesus that can deliver. And so that's, the, that's the, um, kind of the standpoint where we're coming from. And so some of you maybe today is your first time being in a church or talk, first time even hearing about Jesus. And we just love to interact with you any way we can about that. But we really believe that he's what we need. And, you know, and so hopefully after this time when we're talking, um, we can get through that. So as you think about the Holy Spirit, you know, maybe you've heard a lot of different things. If you grew up in the church, some of you, when I say the word Holy Spirit, you get real excited. You think, all right, maybe some fire's gonna fall down or something. We're gonna go have some fun stuff, all right. And then some of us are kind of like, Holy Spirit, I'm a little bit nervous. I mean, does that mean I've gotta do more than stand still? You know, I don't know, what do I mean by the Holy Spirit? There's a lot of different extremes out there and we don't want necessarily deal with the extremes. I mean, there's a lot of good things and all those things, but looking forward to where it is that God wants us to be. You know, Holy Spirit, sometimes, some, if you remember some of you Disney people, you remember there's Pinocchio and he has a little Jiminy Cricket, right? Kind of like, that's not a good idea kind of guy, right? And so some of us, that's how we view the Holy Spirit in our lives. He's kind of this mystical force or a conscience that kind of reminds us, don't eat another donut. No, it's bad for you. You know, or it's like, don't say what you're going to say right now. Don't do that. Don't, you know, we think as our conscience, or you should feel bad you didn't return that phone call. I mean, the Holy Spirit does play some type of role like that, but he's much greater than just some little yes or no person that's kind of reminding us, giving us a high five when we do well, or, you know, um, a smack upside the head when we do something wrong. Or maybe when I remember as a kid watching Tom and Jerry running around. I never really understand why I like Tom and Jerry so much. I've watched some of those now, I'm like, this is worthless entertainment. And so anyway, um, I don't spend a lot of time watching Tom and Jerry now, I just put that out there. But, but whenever I was a kid, you'd watch it. I mean, I'm so old. That, well, maybe in this crowd, I don't feel quite as old, but in the world that I'm normally in, you know, those teenagers, they always remind you 40 is pretty much close to death. So um, I'm 41, so I'm really over the hill now. You know, it's like, okay, it's like you're as old as my dad, I tell you. So it's like, that's fantastic. Okay, but it's like we get to talk about the, you know, there'd be the good angel and Tom and Jerry to have like the good angel on his one side and the bad angel kind of these mystical forces kind of interacting with his life trying to tell you what's a good thing to do or not or do something like that. Well, the Holy Spirit is so much more than that. And I hopefully today, after, 
Hopefully um, you have the opportunity as we look at what God's word has to say about this. This will be something that will help drive you in your walk with the Lord. My goal today is that we're encouraged to never be the same. Always want to continue to become who God calls us to be. So if you have a Bible, can turn into John chapter 14. John was one of Jesus' followers. He would call himself even the beloved one. Um, he loved Jesus and he followed Jesus. And we, we, um, John's a great book in the Bible. If you're just new to Christianity or trying to understand who Jesus is, I'd encourage you always read through the book of John. You can see about Jesus and really take, take note of who he is and what he, what he calls himself and what he does. But in John chapter 14, that's page 752, I think in, your, um, in the Bibles underneath the chairs in front of you. If you don't have one, just reach down there and grab one. And if you don't have one at home, take it with you and make sure you read it. It's, it's worthwhile. But um, 752, and then our, um, you can use version. Go to 44333 or is our zip code for under the live events. And then you can, all the stuff will just pop up on there magically. It'll be awesome, you know. And don't worry, I'm used to working with teenagers all the time, and so if, I'm, I'm used to them texting and stuff while I'm talking, so it's fine. But use, use your phone, whatever you need to use. Um, but John chapter 14. So to set the setting a little bit, Jesus is starting to prepare his followers. So you had these 12 followers that followed him everywhere he went, right? We know about the disciples. Um, he were, they were his 12 key people, 12 people who he chose to follow him in different times. Like the one, a couple of them, he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And they dropped their fishing nets and they ran after following Jesus. He took tax collectors. He took people from all different walks of life and they were his team of followers. He was excited about them. And together, they were doing all kinds of ministry all throughout the world, of, of the current world where they were in. And as you read through the stories of John, you can see they healed, they got demons out of people. You know, they healed the blind. Jesus did a lot of amazing things. They saw Jesus do great things. So they, they picked Jesus. They knew he's their Messiah. They want to follow after him. They're ready to go. They enjoy seeing him. He's in the physical. Wouldn't it be awesome if Jesus was standing right here physically in the flesh? I mean, it's like, that'd cure up a lot of doubts, wouldn't it? Um, you see the nail hands. Oh, those really are nail, nail prints in your hands. I'm in, right? I'll follow you because I know you're real. They saw him in the flesh every day. Imagine walking with Jesus and seeing a person who you knew was paralyzed and now be able to walk. Or you knew had leprosy, who wasn't even allowed to be part of the village that they normally grew up in. And you see Jesus heal them of that. Imagine amazing things that would be. So these disciples are following him. They're seeing all this and they're trying to figure out what it looks like to follow Jesus, but they're ready. They're like, we're his key guys and we're gonna go do something. We're gonna set up a world somewhere and we're gonna change the world together. And so their plan is just do with physical things like Jesus is doing, it's exciting. But Jesus all along, and they didn't know it yet, but he's kind of preparing them for a time where he was going to be leaving them. You know, so Jesus, we know, is now, now we know 2,000 years later the story how Jesus then gave up his life you know, he died for, died for all of mankind and put in a grave for three days, rose again, conquered death, walked on the earth for 40 days in front of a lot of, lots of people. And so we know that story, but these disciples didn't know what was going to happen at this time. So Jesus began preparing them for this time to say, listen, your plan is not exactly the way that I'm going to work. And so he tells them these things. You can tell it starts bringing up different emotions in your mind. Do you guys ever have those moments in your life where you think, as you start to follow God, you start saying, boy, things aren't working out maybe the way that I wanted them to. Maybe things just aren't exactly um, meeting my expectations in life. So what Jesus said, and I, I always take these verses as great comfort to me. These are great comfort in times of loss, and these are great comfort in times of pain. But Jesus is telling them, telling his, using these for his disciples, saying, listen, I've got a bigger plan for you, and it involves something that is invisible. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Just in verse 1, he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. My Father's house has plenty of room. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? 
And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may be where I am. You know the, the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you'll know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And they go into this, continue this discussion, and we'll pick back up here in a second. But they're like, well, what do you mean you're leaving? Well, if you go, how will we know where to go? We've followed every step. We've watched where you're going, and we've messed up plenty, but we've seen where you're going. It's easy when you're in front of us. And Jesus is like, listen, I'm going to be leaving, but it's going to be okay. So his plan for them, we start finding out later. But listen to what he, he tells them about their lives as he, they're having these questions. Go down to verse 12. He says, very truly I tell you, all who have faith in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do, pay attention here, even greater things than these. Remember, he's talking about all who have faith in him, all of his followers, includes you and me, right? Because I am going to the Father, and I would do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. And he continues, he goes, if you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you. And you think of an advocate, a helper, a counselor, someone who has your back, someone who's going to defend you, someone who's looking out for your best interest, and be with you forever. The spirit of truth is what he calls him. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. So here's what we're talking about here. God is saying, Jesus himself is saying, the Holy Spirit is going to come into this world. Right? He's already, they've seen his power in action. They've seen Jesus use his power to do a lot of different things. We've seen the Holy Spirit work, and they've heard of the Holy Spirit before. They've seen the Holy Spirit work throughout the times of the Old Testament. The Spirit of God would move and great things would happen. But Jesus is saying, listen, I'm going to send you along. I'm here now, but I'm going to send you another helper. This advocate is going to go to bat for you because he's going to do something remarkable in your life. Not, you're used to him being around. But now he's going to take residence in your heart. He's going to live in you, in your life, in your soul. The, the, the spirit of the living God is going to take residence within your soul. The invisible part of what we're talking about, half of me being invisible, the invisible portion is what really drives us to be who God calls us to be. And she's like, that Holy Spirit is going to live within you. So that sounds maybe a little bit creepy for some of us, right? You think the Holy Ghost living within you, all this kind of stuff. But Jesus knows what's best for us in our life. So he looked at his followers and he said, here's the plan I have for you to go change the world. And he talks to them about that. He said, but he knew the only way that it could happen is if they had the power of God within them. And that would be through the Holy Spirit. So for us today, what I'd like to look at is this Holy Spirit, a couple things just about the Holy Spirit and talk about why it's important for us today. First thing is that the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit isn't just some kind of conscience, just isn't some kind of mystical being out there. He is God. The Holy Spirit talks about the Bible, holds the world together, right? He consists of the Holy Spirit, the power of God that lives within us. It's the same God, you know, who did many miracles. You know, God, think about who God is for a minute. He spoke and boom, there's the world. God is an amazing being. God is an, ama is an amazing God. But the Holy Spirit is, um, Peter in Acts chapter five in a story about this guy named Ananias, I mean, these people, Ananias and Sapphira, this man and woman, there's a whole story about that, you can read it, but he calls the Holy Spirit out and says, Holy Spirit is God and you've lied to him. Jesus in Matthew 28 verse 19, he says, when you go, he tells, this is the mission for all of us as his followers, to go into the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and in the Son and the Holy Spirit. Jesus knows the importance of the role of the Holy Spirit. 
So for us, it's understanding today that he is God. And because he's God, I need to love him, respect his role, and I need to listen to him. So think about this supernatural being coming and taking place in residence in your life. This is an, ama- it's an amazing thing to think about. But the, the being that's living with us is the one true God. He says spirit to live in there so to give us the power to live out the life that he calls us to do. Listen to some of the other things, the ways that Jesus describes the Holy Spirit in, John, in the book of John. You can flip over to verse 26. He says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. The Holy Spirit's role is always to point us back to Jesus. Jesus is, Jesus is what it is that we're looking for in this world. Jesus is our answer. Growing up in church, I, I grew up a lot, and I heard about Jesus a lot, but so many times it's easy for us to get caught up in church where we start thinking, the answer is, if I can behave better, then I'll be pleasing to God, and God will be happy, and then everything will work out right in my life. It's easy to get in, as long as I keep going to church, oh, something bad happened. Well, maybe I wasn't reading the Bible well enough. Maybe I wasn't being good enough. But it's all, we can easily get mixed up. But the Holy Spirit is within us to remind us that it's always about Jesus. Everything in our life should be pointed and directed towards him. And so as we read God's word, as we study God's word, we find out about Jesus. The Holy Spirit then, his role is to remind us and to teach us all those things about who Jesus is. Look what it says over in John 15. Um, You're just going to go to your right a little bit. John 15, verse 26. When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. It's about pointing people to Jesus. It's about pointing us and our hearts to Jesus. And then he says in verse 13 of chapter 16, flip over one more time, and then we'll talk for a while. He said, but he, the Holy, but he, the spirit of truth, or the Holy Spirit, comes. He will guide you into all the truth. See, because he's God, I know a few things about him. If I believe that the Holy Spirit is God, then that says a few things that my understanding of who he is. First of all, I know that he loves me. God is looking out for me. God wants what's best for me. Now, what God wants, what God thinks is best for me isn't always what I think is best for me, right? If I always get what I think is best for me, I mean, I think think it's best for me to go out and eat whatever I want, right? I think sometimes it's, it's, it's best for me not to exercise, Sometimes it's best for me to, to do whatever it takes to get ahead. Sometimes I think my best interest is if, if everybody thinks greatly of me, right? And so I'll do what it takes to do those things. But if I believe that God knows what's best for me, he sees already how the story plays out. He knows me. He created me, the Bible says, that he, in Psalm 139, that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, that God created all of us as an artist, creates a, some kind of sculpture or something, but he, he says, we fearfully and wonderfully made. And because I, and then he set us on a plan. He said, in Ephesians chapter two, it talks about how the, God has given us works to do, and he's, which he's prepared in advance for us to do. God loves me, and God knows me. So if I believe that God knows what's best for me, then I know also I can trust him that he loves me. How I know he loves me is that he sent his son Jesus for me. While I, it says, while I was at my worst, while I was still a sinner, Jesus came into my life and died for me. God sends his love by showing how love is really shown, by sacrifice. God loves me. The Holy Spirit loves me. And I need, so because he's God, I need to love him. Um, I need to respect his role, and I need to listen to him. So because I can know that God loves me, and I can trust that God loves me, 
I gotta trust that he knows what's best for me. So I need to respect the Holy Spirit's role in my life. So if I believe that God loves me and his plan then as the Holy Spirit comes and lives within me, I need to respect the role that he plays in my life. Jesus said he'll guide me into all truth. Jesus says he'll teach me, he'll point and he'll testify about Jesus in my life. I need to lean into him and trust him and respect his role. The minute I start thinking that I have things all figured out, then I'm showing God, it's like I don't have as much respect for your role in my life. I wanna do what I wanna do. So you've experienced this in your life, right? Decision making. So it's like, yes, God, I'll make the decision because I want to be with you in heaven someday. I remember doing this as a kid. It's like, I'm hearing, hearing all about hell and stuff. It scared me to death. So it's like, yes, I'm in, I just don't want to go there. And so you'd hear that at camps and stuff. It's about following God. So yes, God, I'll follow you and I'll trust you for that. But then I wouldn't always bring God into my other parts of my life. I didn't think about God when it came to my friendships. I had friends with who I wanted to be friends with. I think about God when it came to my free time, how I wanted to spend my free time as a kid. I just do what I want. You know, and if my parents told me not to do it, then I got mad at them, right? I didn't trust God in his, I didn't respect his role in my life. Well, when God says the Holy Spirit comes, lives within us, we can respect him. We should respect him because he knows what's best for us. And he's really the only, only way that we can understand about Jesus so that we can find the freedom of what we're really looking for. Because I'm guessing, like me, you've had those moments in your life where maybe you've achieved something or maybe at the end of the day you sit back and you say, is this it? Is this really all life's about? Maybe sometimes you feel that way with church. I mean, I just come on a Sunday morning, do my thing, go out, and then I go out and back to my normal life. Is this all that is following Jesus? Is this all my life is about? Maybe some of us, if we're not followers of Jesus, you've had those moments where it's like, what in the world am I even here for? You know, maybe you've achieved to the highest level of your, of your profession or something like that, and you're like, this is it? Okay, now what? Now what's the next thing to tackle? When we understand that God lives within us, we start beginning to see that my life is about so much more than all those things. It's because he's God. I need to love and respect his role and to listen to him. I need to listen to him. I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm not always a good listener. In fact, I, I learned about this yesterday. I was reminded about my failures as a listener, Okay. Normally, I think to myself, I'm an average husband, okay? I, I feel like, you know, I feel like I, I do some good things, and then I'm very self-centered many times, okay? I love my wife. She's fantastic. It's still, um, people say, do you believe in miracles today? I'm like, I've been married 16 years to this woman. That's a miracle, because you know who I am? <laughs> you know, if you know me, you'd say, that's a miracle. Anyway, could love you for 16 years, right? And, and, and she's there, I think mostly out of guilt, probably, but anyway, she... But she, loves, she says she loves me, so no, she loves me. And so yesterday I was watching this. Um, it's, it's something that's, it seems to be new to some of you. It's this, it's this game called soccer. You guys ever hear that before? There's this thing going on called the World Cup right now. It's amazing. It's like for a lot of us, we never heard about soccer. Then all of a sudden, everything on every social media site, it's all about soccer, U.S. men's national team, blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. Well, this, that game's been around for a, a, a couple years, believe it or not. So, but I really enjoy it. I love watching it, especially with one of my sons there. We love watching the games together, and I really enjoy it. So yesterday, I was sitting watching a, a World Cup game, okay? It involved two countries that I don't live in either one of them, but I really enjoy watching it. So I've been watching it, and I'm having fun with it. Well, my wife is talking about something that's very important to her. She's working on this art project thing. She's very important to her. She's working on that. Well, I kind of did the, tell, the, the biggest mistake, right? And maybe some of you guys made this before. I expect... Listen, I know I'm the loser. I know you guys are far above this, but this is what I did, okay? So learn from me. And, and if you go home and say, if nothing else, say, well, at least I'm not that guy, okay? So um, if there's nothing else, if you get nothing else from that, say, well, it could be a lot worse. Look at that guy, bald and, you know, old and 
Bad husband. So anyway, so I'm sitting at home and I'm watching this game. And so my wife starts asking me my opinions about something. She starts talking about this thing. Why she's talking during a soccer, I don't understand. But I'm watching it anyway. And so she keeps talking about something and something. And I'm like, uh-huh. Oh, sounds good. Yeah, I think that's a good decision. I, I don't even know what I'm talking about half the time. And remember, I'm a bad guy sometimes, okay? And, and I'm just being honest. I'm just being real, okay? Let's just be real. And so that's what I'm doing. So I'm going through it. And well, then I, what happened was I was doing okay for a little bit. But then I stopped listening altogether. I don't know if I was, I was never listening. I was hearing her. I stopped hearing her altogether. And I just started watching this game, okay? And the bad thing is, here's how really much of a loser I am. I could have paused the game. It was on, you know, it, it just, my t- TV's a mir- miracle. It's this DVR thing. You push pause and you push play again. That's all I would have had to have done. That's it. One little push of the button. But oh no, I know better. I know better. So I'm watching this thing and, I'm, and she starts talking. Well, then I don't hear what she's saying. Then finally I do hear the, so what do you think? And I realized that I'm caught. So I did like what every good husband would do. I said, you know what? I have to apologize to you. I wasn't listening to you. I know I was being arrogant and choosing my ways instead of your ways. And not, I mean, you are the love of my life. And I'm sorry. So I could have, I should have done that, but I didn't. Instead, what I did was like, oh, you're talking about this. And she goes, oh my goodness. That was a whole conversation and a half ago. She goes, I've been out here talking for two minutes all by myself. And then, and then I knew I was in big trouble. Over watching a game. It was a good game. It was fun. It was great entertainment. Which I enjoyed watching the whole thing after that because I was all by myself for a while. But, <laughs> but um, being reminded of another role, the Holy Spirit of conviction and guilt, you know, reminding me of my sin, I'm correcting me. But I need to listen. And I wasn't good at that. So the Holy Spirit, if I believe that he's God, I believe he's living within my life. That I need to listen to him because he knows what's best for me. And that takes me saying that I've got to push pause on maybe what I'm doing and take time to put myself in positions to listen. Because he really, what he has to say is much more valuable than anything else I'm doing. At the end of the day, my wife is much more valuable than anything I could watch on television. At the end of the day, she's what I want. But I just got distracted. I think that's where a lot of us are in our lives. But if I believe that he's God, he's living within me, I need to love him, respect his role in my life, but I need to listen to him. So going on the second thing, the reason why I really need to listen to him is because then the role of his being the guide in my life. You know, we've all been maybe in situations in your life where you followed a guide before. A guide by, by their title, they should know better than me, Right? If you hire a guide to take you on a fishing trip, you're trusting that they know what they're doing. Or else they wouldn't be in business, right? If you're trusting a guide to take you on a guided tour to see wells, or whatever you say, I'm sorry, my Western PA comes out once in a while, see wells or whatever they are, see them out in the ocean, you're expecting a guide to put you in the right place. (laughs) See. Okay, sorry. Wells, yeah, wells. Right, wells, aren't they wells? I said it the right time. You get water out of a well and you watch a well swim. That's all the same thing. Whales. Whales, okay. I'm sorry. Thank you for having time for little old me today. I appreciate it. No, but it's, uh, it's who I am. It's, um, like I said, you'll feel much better about yourself when you leave. You're not like this guy, right? But it's, you expect a person who's a hired guy, they know what they're doing, right? So when it comes to the Holy Spirit, Jesus says he will guide you into all of truth. He'll guide you to remind you of who Jesus is. If I believe that he's God, 
then I need to trust him as my guide. And trusting a guide is really hard. It's admitting that you need somebody's help. You know, I, I'd like to drive on vacation and stuff like that. I love going on vacation. In fact, I'm going to the beach here in a couple of weeks um, with my family. It's one of my favorite times of, of my life, you know. Well, one time I'm driving back from vacation on, from the beach, driving up that beautiful route that all Ohio people take from, um, from the, the North Carolina shores. You know, eventually you get on 77 at some point, right? And you're coming up along. And if you've never done that, don't worry. You're not really missing anything. Flying is sure a lot better, a lot more peaceful. But anyway, so I'm driving up along there and um, there's a, all of a sudden this big backup of traffic. And I pride myself in being good with directions. I feel like I don't need directions. I like, I like to drive to the beach without using a GPS just because I could say I would do it. The only time I like to drive with a GPS is to see if I can beat the time that the GPS says. You know, I know I don't, nobody else does that, but I do. I'm like, okay, good, I saved, a, I saved 15 minutes. The kids are like, I need to stop for the restaurant. It's like, oh my goodness, how much of this time am I gonna lose? Okay, you got 10 minutes. I think I can make that part up, right? Because you wanna be there. What is the reason I wanna say that I got there first? Why, why do, I, why do people care? Why do I wanna say, look, I had a GPS, I made it in 15 hours instead of 16. <laughs> why, why do I even care about that? But I do. And I do. So I'm following this GPS. And so we have the GPS on. Well, actually, we didn't have it on at this time. Probably should have. But anyway, so I, and, I, and I'm driving along, and there's this big backup of traffic. And I'm like, oh. And we, so we're sitting at a dead stop for a while. And I hate that. I hate that. I hate sitting still. Sitting still is hard. I mean, why do it? Like when you're a kid, people say, they became the greatest game, hide and seek. Where you go and hide and sit still for a while? I don't understand. Anybody, to be good at it, you have to sit still real long. I'm like, no, I want to run around. Don't feel like me sit still. That's, by yourself? That's, that's agony for me. Anyway, so I'm sitting still in this traffic. Like this, my kids are back there. My wife's talking. I said, do you know what? Let me see a map. So I thought, okay, let me map. map. So, so we pull up a map on the phone. I look, I'm thinking, I could take some of these side roads. I think I can get around all this traffic. So what I'm thinking is, I'm smarter than every other car that's there. That's really what I'm saying. These guys don't know anything. Let the, the smart guy from Akron, Ohio, he knows his way home, okay? I'm in the middle of somewhere. I don't even know where it is. You know what I mean? Fortunately, cell phone signal works. So I'm there. And so we're like, okay. I'm like, I think I get, my wife's like, are you sure? She goes, you don't know. Maybe this traffic will clear up quick. I'm like, I don't know. We've been sitting here for a while. I bet you, and I have this whole scenario built up of why it's so long. So I decided to get off on these side roads. She's like, you sure this is a good idea? Well, we're going, trying these different roads, and the GPS keeps saying, go. so I turned the GPS on this boy, because so, I didn't want to get really lost, but I just wanted to see, and it kept telling me, go back, go back, go back. I'm trying these other roads. Next thing I know, I'm driving by someone's house. I'm like, is this a drive, or is this a road? I'm not really sure. You know, three dirt roads later, I decided I better turn around. I didn't really know where I was going. And so what ends up happening, 45 minutes later, I get back to the highway onto the same point where I just got off, and then all the traffic was gone. <laughs> so probably, my wife's like, it could have cleaned up right afterwards. You wouldn't have known. We did all that wasting of gas and all that. And I said, yes, I know. And I've accepted my punishment. And I was mad about it. What happens is when you think you know what's best, you know, a lot of times it gets you into trouble or gets you wasting time. A lot of times, bad, sometimes when we make our own decisions, go based on our gut, make gut decisions, sometimes th things work out okay. But a lot of times they don't. And that was one of them. It's just like you wasted a lot of time. What I've learned about my, my gut decisions, my, by me following my gut decisions, all I get is a bigger gut. That's all that happens, okay? You just get chubbier, right? It's like, I think I'll have another one of those, okay, and another and another. And that's all that ends up happening. So when I was, in, when I was growing up, I, I mean, I, I had great parents. They taught me about Jesus all the time. They put me in every position to succeed when it comes to following Jesus. But when it came into my future, I, I didn't always want to bring God in on my decisions for my life. So I thought, you know what I'll do is I'll pursue what I want. God, I love you, and I'll, I'll, I'll follow you, 
and I respect you, but don't, kind of don't tell me who to date. Don't, you know, I, I, didn't want, I would never say that out loud, but that's really how I acted. And when it came to college, so I went off to college my first year. I'd like to just erase that one if I could. You know, GPA was, um, you know, I think it was a number involved in it. I'm not really sure. But anyway, it was not very good. So then my dad had a good talk with me, and then I switched schools, and I started pursuing a career because it's what I want. I thought it'd be nice to be comfortable, and I thought it'd be something I'd like to do. And I'm not bringing God in on any of this decision-making. Well, I started getting in some of these classes. I started realizing, boy, some of these are harder than I thought. Um, and you start realizing you just can't get by just on effort sometimes. And some things you just don't get in life. And, and so then I did an internship. I'm like, this job's boring. Are you kidding? So what happens in my senior year, I'm in my senior year, my last year of a degree in biology because I wanted to go off to grad school for something different. But I'm in my senior year of biology. I really started getting serious about understanding who Jesus was as a person. So I started reading my Bible. and started, instead of about like, what can I do? What can't I do? What kind of music can I listen to or shouldn't I listen to? What can I do? I started reading to understand who God was and God started to transform my life. I had some good friends praying with me and we were together. We were just really getting excited about the Lord. And me and my roommate, we got real excited about the Lord together. And so in that process, I started seeing my desires change to do what God called for me to do instead of doing what I wanted to do. And so, like every youth pastor does, I went to seminary instead of biology. So I have a degree in biology right now, but then I went off to seminary and I learned Greek and Hebrew, which, you know, anyway, that was a long time ago, um, 20-some years ago. Anyway, but I did, did all of that. How much time did I waste pursuing things that don't really matter? Because let me tell you, when it comes to speaking to someone's heart, when it comes to connecting with a person on, with a teenager on their level, um, being able to know the taxonomy of a tree doesn't really help very much. What, what better times, what better things could have happened in my life? Would I have been able to be in better ways, be better influence on friends throughout college if I would have been focused on who God wanted me to be? What happens is I didn't let the Holy Spirit guide me. I thought I knew what was best for me. And so I'd follow my gut and I'd make my own decisions. And so I would encourage you guys to think about it in your own life right now. We make decisions every day, don't we? Some of you guys are middle schoolers or high schoolers. You're making decisions right now. What do I do with my summer? What do I hang out? Should I, should I, shouldn't I? We're doing all kinds of things. What's my, what's my career going to look like? Some of us in our workplace, we're making decisions every day. Should I choose that promotion? It might take me away from my family more, but I'll tell you what, it'd make us more financially secure. What should I do? Some of us in our families, you see your children, you see, I mean, like my kids. I have four kids and all of them are different. You think, oh, this one, you figure out the first one, you think you figure them out. And then the second one comes along, it's like, oh my goodness, they're totally different. This isn't going to work with that one. And then you start figuring out the second one, then the first one starts being different again, and you're just going all around. And it's like, so when it comes to parenting, what kind of decisions do you have to make when it comes to those things? If you just rely on what, you're, what, you're, what, you're own, what you know by your own knowledge and what your own experiences tell you, there's going to be times where you'll hit it right. There's going to be a lot of times you're going to feel like, boy, I really messed up here. And some of the decisions are going to leave you feeling empty inside. Because that leads you to the point of some days just still where you still kind of feel like, am I in this by myself? There's times where at the end of the day you don't go to bed thinking, boy, that was a day well done living for Jesus. You're at the end of the day saying, boy, is that it? There's got to be something more out there. So I'd encourage you to trust the Holy Spirit as your guide. He wants to point you in the right direction. So if, you need, if you're struggling with decision making, guys, we have life groups here that meet all the time. Bring people into your life who are following Jesus Get their advice. Guys, you need to be reading the Bible. But don't read the Bible so that you can get the next deepest level of truth. But read the Bible just so you can get to know who God is. 
Don't read the Bible so you have something impressive to say when you go to your life group or impressive to say so you look really spiritual, so you have something to put up on Twitter or something like that. Read the Bible so you can understand who God is. Because we understand who God is, the Holy Spirit works in our life and he gives us direction. And he shows us where to go and shows us how to live. We know that God wants us to love him above all else. And we know he wants us to love other people as much as we love ourselves. By studying and knowing who God is, we know his heart for people. We'll look at the world differently. Judgment might not be the first thing that comes, out of our, uh, comes to our mind when we start seeing our neighbors anymore. We might not be thinking about our work position on how we can climb over people to get where we want. Gossip might not be the first thing that comes out of our mouth. And so I'd encourage you to pursue who God wants you to be because he, he wants to guide us and he wants to lead us. He wants to be there for you and he wants to challenge you. But because he's our God, I must accept his direction. I must seek his guidance. And then there's times where I need his correction. If you don't ever think you need correction in your life or, you know, or critique in your life, you're probably in for a world of hurt and coming down the road somewhere. If you think you got it all figured out, that's great. But God has something big for you. And God doesn't ever want you to just settle, just to bounce through it. So what happens is we're following after God, but I'm still a real person, right? I still live in this world where I'm still tempted and distracted all the time. So there's some days where I go at the end of the day, I feel like, boy, that was a great day with you, Jesus. Thank you. There's other days where I'm like, oh boy, I'm not a very good husband. I'm not a very good dad. And it's like, boy, I really let people down. There's times where the Holy Spirit comes and says, you know, you know that time where I was prompting you to talk to your neighbor and you didn't? That's probably a bad decision. Holy Spirit will correct us and put us back on point. So what happens is when we start making our own decisions, start seeking our own guidance, start drifting away from God, and it happens so easily, the Holy Spirit wants to work our life to bring us back to point. So we say, God, forgive me and put me back on the right path. And he does. God loves you completely where you are right now. He already loves you completely. But he loves you way too much to leave you there. And so that brings up the last part. The Holy Spirit produces good fruit in our lives. So for some of you, it's like, this is all new to you, but for some of us, like, Brad, I've heard this so many times, my goodness, when's Jeff coming back? Okay, good, well, he'll be back soon, okay, have fun. All right, but uh, you don't worry, I'm not, I won't be around too much. But, no, but in all seriousness, here's the telltale sign of the God, if God is working in your life. I used to think it was about how, how many theological arguments I could win or have, or what I would know deeper things that maybe the average person wouldn't know. But I found out that, man, all that stuff, without Jesus, if it's not focused on Jesus, it doesn't really matter. Because Jesus isn't looking at me and saying, how much do you know? He's looking at this. So look at um, Galatians chapter five. This is the last verse. Um, I'm just gonna read this for you for the sake of time. It says, when the Holy Spirit lives within me, so if I believe that he's God and I believe that he's my guide, so the power of the most high God living within me, he's guiding me into all truth, and this is what happens. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If I really believe that the Holy Spirit is God and I believe that he's my God, then my life has to change. I can't be the same person I was five years ago. It just doesn't work. And if I'm not changing, then there's something wrong. So you read through that list of love, joy, peace, patience. Isn't that really who you want to be? Don't you want to be a loving person? As a parent, don't you want to be known as the loving parent? When people look at you and say, do you know what? 
You do a lot of things I don't know about, but I know one thing. You love your kids and your kids love you. Don't you want to be the person who in the midst of trials, you can have joy and know that everything's going to be okay as you're losing a loved one. You can still be okay. Don't you want to have that kind of joy in your life that no matter what happens, you're still all right? Peace. Don't you want to have a life where you're not filled with worry and anxiety or stress? It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. And what God is doing is taking a fallen individual who's broken. He put us, because you trusted in Jesus, he put his Holy Spirit within you and he's beginning to change you from the inside out. Listen, you're not going to exemplify these things all the time because we're not perfect people. We're going to still sin. We live in a sinful world. We're still self-centered at many times. We still struggle every day to give our trust to God. But these things should start to become, should start becoming about who you are. Imagine if you walked around your high school and said, boy, that kid's a really nice kid. Isn't that what you want to hear? Self-control. Do you want to be known as the guy that no one wants to talk to because, hey, you know, he has a real bad temper? You want to be known as the parent in the neighborhood that, everybody, that yells at their kids constantly? You're afraid to go around? But watch out for them. Don't step on their grass. Don't you want to be the person who's known for loving people? Imagine your boss, your school teacher, your, or your coach or whatever, they look at you and say, you know what? You're a good guy. You're a good girl. There's something different about you. There should be something different about us. We have the, most, the spirit of the most high God living in our lives. That's the true measure of your maturity in Jesus. Is your life producing fruit? It's not about how much you know and if you can argue different things. What matters is the Holy Spirit wants to work in your life and you should never be the same again. If you're the same person you were five years ago, there's something wrong. And I would encourage you to go back and say, am I trusting the Holy Spirit as my guide? Am I following him? Or am I just out really doing what I want to do and throwing Jesus on the side? Put a little Christian music in the background and I'm all right. For some of us, following Jesus is just about what happens in the future. And we'll throw a little church in there. And it's evidenced by a lack of fruit being produced in your life. And let me tell you, I struggle every day to be who God calls me to be. I'm weak when it comes to those things. But I, I do believe I'm different than I was five years ago. And God is changing my life, but it's a slow process. But God just wants to know if we're following him. The only way we can follow him is if we trust the Holy Spirit as God. Know that he's there. Know that he's within me. And then listen to him. And let him guide us into all truth. Do you want to be different? I don't want to go to the end of my life saying, eh, I did all right. Isn't the worst compliment someone gives you says, wouldn't it be terrible if someone said, comes up to you and says, you are an average person. Man, that was an average job, Brad. And you're knocking mediocre out of the park. That's, that's not how you want to live your life. When you look back and say, how'd you do? Eh, okay, eh, some good, some bad, you know. Let me tell you, that's not what God has for you. God puts you in this world to bring glory to him. And you can change the world because you're the spirit of the most high God living within you. Don't ever settle for, eh, I'm good enough. But run after Jesus. So if you're struggling with making, if you're struggling, you look at your life saying, I'm not sure Jesus is really at work in my life at all. I'd encourage you to go back and remember who he is. He is God. But then ask yourself, am I listening to the Holy Spirit? Is he guiding me? 
God cares about who you marry. And God cares if you stick with them. God cares about what you do with your future. God cares about you. God loves you completely. But he loves you way too much to leave you there. We should become people who are becoming more like Jesus every day. And we're gonna have our good days and we're gonna have our bad days. But that's what the church is for, for us rallying around each other, being together, saying, hey, we're just real people here. We're not putting on, we're not fake. We're just putting on, here's me, here's my real struggles. Can someone help me? That's what we should be about. And coming together, linking arms together and say, listen, we've got a world to change. And it starts with me becoming different myself. So is the Holy Spirit God in your life? Is he guiding you? Because, because if the Holy Spirit, if he's God, I can trust him to be my God and my life can't stay the same. I pray that your life changes. The band's gonna come out now and they're gonna lead us through some time. As you spend time singing these songs, it's just a simple prayer to God, just asking God, say, God, how am I doing? And realizing it's not about you trying harder. That's what I thought growing up all the time. It's like, well, I, I, I don't wanna talk like this, so I'm gonna stop. It's not just about trying harder. It's about listening and leaning into God and then realizing he gives you the strength to conquer whatever it is that's distracting you. You can beat that sin issue in your life. Not on your own, but because you have the spirit of the most high God living within you. You can become a better father. You can become a better mother. You can follow Jesus. You can change the world but you have to let God guide you. And the fruit that he'll produce in your life will be something that will benefit all the people around you. So as we sing these next songs, just maybe take some time, just think about it, pray, ask God to speak to your heart. Whenever God is working in your heart, if you have questions you want to answer, or if you have questions you love to talk about, that's what commun- uh, you know, real life, like, um, our, life, our life groups are for, getting that biblical community with each other. Talk it out with people. If you need ideas of where to read in the Bible and some of those types of things, man, we'd love to help you. Just write on your connection card and I'll tell you what to do with them later, okay? So let's together, as we sing these songs, let's just spend some time as a family here.